Please be advised that The New Kids, the film that we're discussing on the following episode of Scream Queens, contains scenes of sexual violence and an almost constant threat of sexual violence. If you or someone you care about has been the victim of sexual violence and you want to know how to help, call the National Sexual Assault Hotline. It's free. It's confidential. It's 24-7. They have a, counselors are also trained to deal with LGBTQ plus clients. Give them a call at 800-656-HOPE. That's 800-656-HOPE. More information is down there in the show notes. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello. My name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens. It's the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 1308, season 13, episode 8. Tonight, our mini celebration of the works of director Sean S. Cunningham continues with a look at his 1985 teen action thriller, The New Kids, starring Shannon Presley. James Spader, and Lori Laughlin. And to do that, I'm going to be joined by Trey Dean and Tara Gardner. But first, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and ever since 2010, I have been your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But you are going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. So hi, everybody. Welcome. Wonderful to see you all again. So glad that you all survived the Friday the 13th Spectacular. Well, not all of you, but you know, if you're here, you survived. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so I realize some of you might be a little confused. Like, Patrick, what was that? What is episode 1308 all about? All right. Confession to make. You know how I talk about how I was very sick back in 2003 and I almost died and I should have had severe brain damage. Well, I do technically have brain damage. One of the lasting effects from that illness is that it left me with dyscalculia, which is like dyslexia, but with numbers. And I joke about it, and it's funny, but we've discovered it's getting worse, as is my stutter. It's my two things that have lasted. So I realized I put out episode 336 like eight times this season, because now that I'm trying to break up season, you know, before I was doing everything with straight numbers, but now that I'm trying to break up things with episode and season numbers, I just was getting too confused. So I'm just combining the two. So it's the season and the episode number all in one. There you go. Let's move on. Tonight's film, The New Kids, is a huge departure by Sean S. Cunningham from his earlier works. The most obvious difference being that despite its advertising, The New Kids is not a horror movie. It's not gory. It's not scary. Well, not the way a horror movie is scary. That might be why it was a big box office flop. Audiences expected to see another Friday the 13th, and instead they got this. So why are we covering it, Patrick? Well, because I want to show you the different flavors of Sean S. Cunningham. And plus, while it's that horror movie scary, it's still scary in a different kind of way, in a real-life kind of way. James Spader's performance is absolutely terrifying Plus, this movie is unintentionally homoerotic as hell. That's why we're covering it. Unfortunately, since it's not particularly popular and not as well-known as some of his other works, it's hard to find. It's not streaming for free anywhere. You're going to have to rent it, which reminds me, patrons, check your inbox. Hint, hint. 
And since all the action of this film is packed into the last 10 minutes of the movie, it's impossible to talk about it without spoiling it. So if you don't want it spoiled, go check out the movie somehow now. But if you're ready, but if you are ready, I am about to take you to the scariest place on earth. No, not Camp Crystal Lake. No, not Transylvania. Florida, where the final battle to save your life is going to happen in an abandoned amusement park called Santa's Funland. So get ready, because I'm about to bring on Trey Dean and Tara Gardner right after I play this trailer so you can meet the new kids. They are brother and sister alone. And so Mac and Mom are dead. Killed in a car crash. On their own. Without parents. Without friends. <laughs> trying to make it in a new town. Something bothering you, cousin? No. Nothing ever bothers me. Yeah! Facing a dangerous new enemy. Yeah, I can get it. Says who? That's me and 50 bucks. A gang that will stop at nothing to add one new word to their lives. Terror. You think we ought to light ourselves a little fire? No! You want crazy? Well, I'll show you crazy. Director of the original Friday the 13th comes a new ticket to terror. Striking back. You want crazy? Well, I'll show you crazy. So not only is January a month where we had a Friday the 13th on the calendar, I decided to make it an even more special time of year by expanding the Friday the 13th in an unofficial sort of way and making it Sean S. Cunningham month. Now, whenever I do one of these months where we pay tribute to a director, I'll do one of their more famous films and one of their less famous films. So last time we did Friday the 13th, which is his most famous film. So today we are doing The New Kids from 1985. And it's not really a horror movie. But, you know, it's, it's one of these uh, fighting back against the bullies movies. And it's no fun to fight back against an army of hillbilly redneck bullies by yourself. So I have enlisted two of the scrappiest street fighters I know. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of my GNCs, wherever you may be, please welcome back to the Scream Queens microphone, Trey Dean and Tara Gardner. glad to be back. Hey. Yay. Hi, everybody. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Well, I'm not good. I've been fighting a cold all week and I'm tired from the Friday the 13th Spectacular, but I'm here. We, we have some bullies to put down. We do. Okay. So the new kids came out in 1985 was a huge flop. I think that was because of the marketing, which we'll get into because it's clearly one kind of movie and it was advertised as another kind of movie. Uh, have either of you seen this before? No. 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 Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I was telling Tara that I remember seeing it on the on HBO when I was a kid in the video store, and because it wasn't hard, it just didn't appeal to me. Trey's a very fussy eater. Yeah. It was something that even just in the independent video stores and everything, I'd never even seen the video case. 
or anything like that before. So this was a the first time I'd ever heard of it. Well, it was a big flop. I couldn't really find any of the box office information and I don't trust what I saw because it doesn't sound right. Um, IMDb, you have to pay for that crap. And no, 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 I'm not doing that. But I on box office mojo, it said like it's opening weekend. It made $200,000, which is terrible. Ooh. Terrible. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Trey, I need you to give me a nice tight 30 oh. second plot summary of the new kids. The clock starts now. Okay, we have a brother and a sister who are tragically orphaned at when they're teenagers. So they go to live with their uncle in Florida who has a rundown Santa-themed amusement park. But a bunch of bullies want to make their life a living hell. For no reason then, they are the new kids. Well done. Tara, anything you want to add to that? Um, they kill Tom Atkins tragically early. <sighs> we open with that beautiful mustache and he's gone like five minutes after the opening credits roll. God damn it. As soon as the montage starts with his children, I'm like, oh, no, you're going to die. You're not going to be here. <laughs> this is a loving montage of what a wonderful no. father you are. Damn it. <laughs> you're gone. He, and he's so likable in just five, five minutes. He's just, I want to know this guy. He is a very 80s dad as he, he says his daughter has a sexy little bottom and smacks her ass. <laughs> yes. Very 80s. Oh, my God. Smacks her ass with each word. We're going to practice with live ammo today, Major. <laughs> Colonel. Colonel now, sweetheart. Remember that. Keep that in the forefront of that skull. It means more greenbacks to buy designer jeans for this sexy little bot. Come on, let's go. You know, I knew Army life had its advantages. Yeah. Up and out. He says something creepy to the son, too. Let's go, son. What's the matter? You whack off too much last night? Come on, you can't get strong when you're lying down. Rise and shine on your feet. He, he asked you to wake up because you spend all night whacking off. Wildly inappropriate things. <laughs> Wildly inappropriate things. Okay, since we're here. So the movie was directed by Sean S. Cunningham. We all know directed Friday the 13th, as we already know. But what I enjoyed looking at his IMDb list of things that he's done, he hasn't made the same movie or the same kind of movie twice. Mm -mm. Mm. And I think that's really impressive. Like he started doing porn of all things. He worked on Last House of the Left, which is an invasion movie. Uh, uh, people in the Dark, which I've been meaning to see because I did a trailer for that at one of the movie nights for like evil rich people. But, you know, he did kids movies. He did A Stranger is Watching, which is a kidnap, rape, revenge thing and spring break sex comedies with Amanda Pierce and Stephen Jeffries. Mm -hmm. Creepy fish under the sea. Yeah, he, he does all kinds of things. Did you know? Did you know he also worked on something called Jason Xmas, which ran for seven seasons on TV? What? No. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't know show? what it is. I can't find anything about it, but it <laughs> ran for seven seasons on somewhere on television. I refuse to believe that exists. <laughs> Good for him. You know, just... You know, he's not famous, but he's constantly working. So that's, that's I think, most people in this Yeah, yeah, like and he's that. a jack of all trades. So he writes, he directs, and produces. So if he's not directing, he's doing nothing. And, that, and you know what, Trey? I just realized that one of the times you were on, we talked about one of his other movies, House, which we hated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, House. House. Yeah, yeah. It was... The kids I babysat loved it. I appreciated it more than I liked well, it. It's a One of movie. the things that I learned, you know, from Shadows Cunningham is he said repeatedly, he says he doesn't like violent movies, despite that's what he keeps getting hired to make. And he does, well, it's not yeah. so much the violence. He doesn't go for the gore. He finds like he finds that pornographic. 
So it makes sense okay. when you see this movie. He's making this movie his way. There's a, even though it's very violent in the end, there's a very little gore, very little blood. There's You're a right. whole lot of homoerotica, though. But we'll come back to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. This was the 80s. This was definitely I know, the 80s. but this goes places that I went, what? Okay. Um, but I, yeah. I, normally I wouldn't do the screenwriter at this on this one, but both of them are interesting. Uh, the guy who did the screenplay is Stephen Gyllenhaal, who is indeed Jake and Maggie's dad. Yeah. Wow. Okay. The guy who the guy who actually came up with the story, Brian Taggart. Ooh, ooh, all kinds of horror cred. Uh, he did the TV movie The Spell with Lee Grant. Another one with uh, Susan St. James, Night Christ. He wrote the screenplay for Visiting Hours of Unknown Origin, that killer rat movie mm. with Peter Weller. He wrote for V, the v, and V, the Final Battle. He wrote the screenplay for uh, Poltergeist Three. He did the remake of Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with the Redgrave Sisters and Amy Steele, and oh yeah, something. Oh, Elman Four. Tell me about our two kids, our main stars. Tell me about Lauren and Abby. They're likable. Very much so. I, I, I found them, and they get along really well, which I liked a lot. Abby's kind of bland. What do you think, Tara? In the she beginning, sort of she has more of a personality. Like, she mm-hmm. she's more active. And I find mm-hmm. as the movie goes on, she kind of loses agency a little bit. Because like the first time yeah. one of the, the bully guys comes up to her and like puts his arm around her in the hallway, she like elbows him right in the stomach and he doubles over and she's just like, whatever, bye. Yeah. Yeah. She has no trouble standing up to them whenever they yeah. come up. But then. And no. then it yeah. just gets on to she's doing less and less. And when she does stand up for herself, she's still kind of talked down to even by like her brother when he loans the uncle their money. And she's like, um, hi, that was mine, too. And he's like, we have Both to. Those are the women in this in that family uh, because. All right. Give me the setup. We got a little fast. Yeah, he said their parents died. Tom Atkins dies. He was a army major or colonel. Getting a medal yeah, from the president. Yeah, he just become a colonel. Was, it had like saved a, 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 a pa- uh, there was a hijacker or something on an airplane and he subdued him. So he was getting the medal from the president and the way back him and his, his wife. Because it's killed. Tom Atkins. Because yeah. of course he did. Yep. <laughs> he and his wife on the way back and they get killed. And so the parent, the kids have to live with, I guess, an uncle from Florida who they don't really know too well. Who's likable. Yeah, so that's the setup here. So that's why they moved to this new town. And you're right. Both both the women in this, both um, Abby and Aunt, I don't remember her name. I don't It just – Exactly. They don't – they are the moms. Yeah. They are always in the – they're always like trying to be like, hey, why don't we do the right thing for a change? And yeah. nobody listens to them. And at the last act, the aunt just leaves. She's she's gone somewhere on some sort of expedition, so she doesn't have to go through what the she comes the back to work that ticket through. booth when the money's coming in. But that's not the point right now. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, nope. But I had a note though at the end. I wanted Lori Laughlin to get her hands dirty. She'd earned that, and they didn't really. I really wanted her uh, when she's fighting. Oh, I keep wanting to call him Nutra because it's like a rat, but it's not. It's like Dutra. <laughs> um, Dutra, yeah. When she's fighting him on the roof, I wanted her to take him down. Yes. Because she, yes. she had been his focus of menace. We've gotten ahead of ourselves and that's yeah. okay. Yes, but sorry. Um, because the, no, it's fine. Is that um, since we're talking about Abby, who's played by Lori Lachlan, famous from Full House and Amityville 3 and a bunch of 80s movies. One of my favorite 80s sex comedies and nobody remembers Secret Admirer and The Edge of Night. The Edge of Night. She's got to start on The Edge of Night. Edge of Night, yeah. She was a soap opera Which actress. I never watched, yeah. but I remember the commercials with her going, it's a brand new day for The Edge of Night. She's gorgeous. She's absolutely gorgeous. Beautiful. Crippled by that 80s hairstyle, though. Like, it's almost a great hairstyle, but it's got that 80s shelf <laughs> at the top that makes her head rectangular. Yeah. 
Yeah, she was so freaking beautiful. She's the girl in this, dress, and she's the one. It's her presence that's initially riling up these bullies who will get into they because they they have a they have a bet on who's going to fuck her first because yeah. it's the eighties. And these bullies were despicable from well, the word go. Well, because it's the eighties, we can't have characters with three dimensions. They're just all awful all the time. It's um, I want to yeah. win this bet, and to do that, I will not even be likable for two minutes straight. There's one who has second thoughts for half a minute and they never go anywhere with it. But I, I said, since we spent so much time at the beginning seeing Tom Atkins going on this training montage, which is a form of getting ready montage. So I love it. We get two of them. Yes. yes. Um, oh, we get. Oh, yeah. That since he's training both of them, they said both of them should have been putting up a fight at the end. And he, it doesn't really happen. She just yeah. plays the girl. She has her no. moments, though. She does. Oh, yeah. well, we'll get to that. Yeah, I, I wanted more of her, but she's charming. She's charming. And um, Shannon Presley, who plays Lorne, didn't do a lot. He only did he like good. 10 things and then he retired. But um, he was on Chips. He was on Different Strokes. And uh, he did the voice. He did a bunch of voices on Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star Outlaw Star, and said, I'm done. Good for you. Hmm. Can I just say yeah. who he reminds me in this movie of Michael Bean in The Fan. He's that kind of pretty. Like yes, make that's you what back it's from. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay, not, I get that. Not the look I go for, but I said, my God, that is a beautiful young man. And he wore the hell out of those short shorts. Oh, my God. Well, the first time we see him, it's just in tidy whiteies. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Had we see lots of men in their underwear, and had they all been dressed like Lauren, wearing tidy whiteies, Trey, I would have thought we were wearing, watching a Wig, William Higgins porn from the 1980s. I'm just, I mean, he's like in the opening montage he's like jumping up and i'm just like oh you're about to fall out and then, and then he flips over like and shows his ass like so like a, jay's like i'm in this is the best movie ever I'm in. <laughs> but i mean he like lays around on those shorts and i'm like you're not wearing underwear and we can yeah. tell oh, oh yeah oh that's it oh that's it like, that's it to- yeah there's 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 lots of when this <sighs> first since we're at the beginning of the movie in this training montage Yes. That dick is right there. It is clearly visible. He, it's floppy. We got floppy yeah. dickies all over this training montage, which I I already love a training montage, a training yeah. montage with floppy dick. I'm in. Well, was he jumping hurdles or something? I was like, they got him where he's like, just. No, no, uh, he's kicking, he's kicking the, the, like, the sandbag. He does a jump kick. It does jump kick to that sandbag, oh, yeah. and it's this his crotch is dead center, and it goes slow mo or something. It felt like it was slow mo. It was, yeah, and it's, it's just slow-mo. like there is. I can see the lines. I can see the head. I can see the whole dick. And then, like later on, he he's like the the sister. We're gonna get that. Like, I want to get that. I want to talk okay, a lot okay, about okay. the mat okay. scene. I have that. That's one of the things I okay, definitely okay. want to talk about. But yeah, so right at the beginning, I'm okay. like, this movie got real gay real fast. Well, also I got Tara mentioned it, but so it starts off with some serious military music and Tom Atkins wakes him up. He goes to the sun, sends a tiny water. He's like, wake up. You know, you've been whacking off all day. And then he goes to Lori Laughlin and he's like, she's like, I don't want to get up. He goes, I need to make the money. He goes, I got to, you know, pay jeans for that cute little body or sexy little body. And he, everywhere he smacks her on the ass. And I was like, okay. It's that, that kind, kind of, of family. It's a Tom Atkins 80s dad. That's how they do things in the family. It's Tom Atkins. It I is. would pay cash money for Tom Atkins to slap me on the ass with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's still charming yeah. when he does this. Like, I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, off as creepy. He's not being... Not for a second. No. Not for a second. No, because it's Tom no. Atkins. So, of course, you love him too much that so we have to kill him immediately in a plane crash. <sighs> um, just on the yeah. flip side of this, I want to say that as what really makes this movie, maybe not homoerotic, but at least 
in love with the male form is that Lori Loughlin is yes. not treated the same way. Grant, one of the things I like no. about the casting for on this for her is that she is not uh, the blonde, big titty girl that you would normally see in a movie like this. She's got a very small right. bust and she's got a very she's got a beautiful body, but it's not what you would expect in a kind of movie like this. And it's I not like exploited that. in like the Friday the 13th way it often no. was, where it's like, okay, we got that shot directly on the butt. Let's get them topless. There is yeah, a shower let's scene. Let's get them out in the rain in a white shirt. Yeah. Yeah. There's a shower scene. You see nothing. And it's used because she's menaced and vulnerable not to be yeah. titillating. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, there's, on the other hand, there's Karen, but we'll come back to Karen. Go Trey. Yeah. Well, and also when she's in school, she knows the answer, but doesn't tell it because she's smart enough to know that she doesn't want to be pegged as the brainy girl the first day. So they actually show she's smart. I also took it as like, I'm not going to answer because you just gave me the answer and I'm not going to give you the satisfaction because Eric, Eric Stoltz is oh, also okay. in this movie. The yeah. fabulous Eric Stoltz. Yeah. He's like, I don't want, I don't want to give you the satisfaction of thinking that you gave me the answer. So I'm just not going to. What was the matter? Didn't you think that was the right answer? No, it was the right answer. Uh, well, the bed is tough coming into a new school like this. No, I'm used to it. My dad was in the military, so he moved around a lot. He died? Both my parents died. I'm sorry. Uh, listen, thanks for trying to help me out in class. Sure. Whoa! <laughs> Can I see you again? Sure. When? Tomorrow in algebra. Bye! Huh. Yeah, she's she's got agency at the beginning yeah. that disappears, through the, which is actually understandable to a certain degree because you yeah. like throughout the course of the movie, I noticed this time when she okay, way ahead of ourselves, the villain of the piece, the star of the movie, the reason to watch this movie is James Spader. Yeah, James Spader, amazing, with very bleached out hair, which is odd because he's a blonde anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but he's Florida blonde in this. Yes. He's yeah. terrifying. He and is. this is really early in, in his career and he's mastered this character now. And to see him have this kind of thing within him so young is frightening and he owns it. And it, it, it's like the other kids that he runs, the other bullies that he runs around with, they're kind of cartoony. He's not cartoony. He's, no, you know, this guy no. would grow up to be a menace in that town. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's what kept this movie from being. I liked it more as elevated a little bit by the acting and it wasn't quite as exploitative as it could have been. I mean, it goes places. I mean, like they, there's some choices in that last reel. I went, Oh my God, he's doing what? Yeah. Oh no, you're right. <laughs> it's an, it's an exploitation movie, but without the, the tits and it was better acting. No, he's a wonderful villain. Um, yeah. And you don't want to cross him. Like if somebody says like, he's about, uh, was Eric Stoltz full first line about him. He's like, well, he's about as fun as a rabid dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I made a note though, when he first hits on Lori Laughlin, he like tries to buy gas from where she works with a hundred dollar bill and she jokes like I can't cash that and is just his jaw flexes a little bit. It's and I was like, you're Ooh. not supposed to respond that way. You do it this way. Exactly. And he has his mouth open. He has like a very Gary Busey-esque vibe to him at times. Yes, early Gary Busey. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um yeah. but smarter than Gary Busey's stuff ever was this yes. guy's really focused and terrifying mm -hmm. uh, yeah and actually that's exactly the scene i wanted to bring up because when they have their little when they first meet at the gas station she's pumping gas she's got short shorts on and a regular t-shirt and she's leaning up against the car as she's she's filling it and i'm like look at her she's all legs she's just like the line is gorgeous she looks gorgeous she never wears anything like that the rest of the movie and as a matter of fact she starts piling on more and more clothes 
Like when she goes to the dance mm, at the end, I'm going, yeah. like they show, there's another girl, Karen, who shows up in a beautiful little sundress and she's like in a sweater and baggy sweatpants going to a dance in Florida, a sweater yeah. who danced in Florida. No, yeah. Yeah, but they don't call attention to it, but you see that throughout the movie. So I understand mm. that she's disappearing within herself. She's calling us attention to herself. Anyway. Okay. Um, one of the things that drives me crazy about this movie, there are some just jarring tone shifts. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because yes. the music, the music is epic. <laughs> I want, yeah, I want to talk about the composer, but I, I think you may mention Go, it. I, I, do, I have nothing the on the composer. Com- oh, it's uh, uh, Lelo Schifrin. Oh. Who did the theme to Amityville Horror and the Mission oh, Impossible theme. okay. Because the music at the very beginning, like before the title starts, it's like, dun, 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 serious music. And, I, and it's Lelo Schifrin. I was like, I know that name. I looked him up. He's really famous movie composer, did the yeah. original Mission Possible theme, Amityville Horror, a lot of other stuff. However, <laughs> but in this movie, like I understand that like Sean S. Cunningham clearly wanted to set out to make an action movie. Mm-hmm. And the studio got a hold of it and said, it's Sean S. Cunningham. We have to market it as a horror movie. Yeah. So a lot of this just plays out like a teen drama. So if you're going in for a horror movie, you are not going to get it. And nothing about the marketing tells you that it's not the like the I mean, the trailer, yes, but the actual poster looks very scary. It does. And it says, you know, another, like a new lesson in fear or some crap like that. So you were expecting to be scared and it's not that movie. And for a lot of it, it's just teen drama crap. And so <laughs> the music is like saccharine overload. We were saying when we, I watched it with Tara the other night and, and, um, and the scene where they're, they're first arriving on the bus to shithole Florida the music sounds like an inspirational 80s primetime drama, oh, yeah. like it's Highway very, to Heaven. It's like movie of the week theme oh, tune yeah. that goes throughout, and, like in all the little montages of the driving. And there's a lot of little, not full montages, but like mini montages. And that I think gives it that yes. a bit of that movie of the week feel. Yeah. That's Montagette. spot on because I was <laughs> yeah. spot on, Terry, because I was thinking he's not a bad director, but he's a he's much like TV movies. Sean S. Cunningham is known for working on the fast and on the cheap. Yeah, it shows in this one. Like we talked about on the front of the spectacular that 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 style gives it kind of a documentary feel mm-hmm. here. It just looks flat. I think it's because yeah. in Friday the 13th. When you have those quiet moments, it's used to build tension. Whereas here, instead of some quiet moments, it is those like little baby montages. And I think if maybe those times had been used for character development or a scene that progressed something, it would have felt a little bit better or a little bit better paced. But it's yes. an 80s movie. We need yeah. those things. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he gave he would give the like on paper, this is everything the audience want, but I think the studio hooked it up. Mm. I mean, even the original title was not the new kids, it was striking back, which is a better title. That's better. And the new kids just doesn't let you know what what all kind of movie it is. Just to illustrate my point, there was this scene, one of the scenes where he's menacing Laurie Lachlan. And it cuts immediately from that to like the outside of the school and it goes right back to and it's jarring you're crazy crazy you want crazy well i'll show you crazy You go from sexual menace to 30-something. Yeah. 
Did it? It yeah. was like to the brother running around the track or something like that? Or was it when they were getting dropped off? No, okay, it was just yeah, the outside of the school. Off. It was just another start of another school day. But that happened several times. But that was the first time I just went, wow, that was a big tone shift. And you just laid it on thick with that music. So it's not used well, but well, it's okay. One thing that kind of got to me is the brother goes to 11 when it comes to getting revenge. I don't know if I was just like, oh. Yeah. Well, jumping ahead a bit. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, well, because I want to talk about like uh, I want to go back to Spader a bit. Okay, yes. What I dig about Spader and his his harem of goons is is the relationship. Uh, did we recognize the guy who? Uh, wait, hold on. Gideon. Who? Gideon. Yes. Did we recognize Gideon? No. Who is? Which one is Gideon? Tara. Uh, Gideon. Gideon was the guy who hit on her with the li- in the yeah, library oh, and yeah. spat on her. Yeah. It all the time. It's very gross. If you have a thing against it, uh, yeah, it can make yeah. you want to gag. You just sit right there and rot. <laughs> he actually spit, and in this take, it splashed back off the off the computer screen and went on her face. Oh. <laughs> so of course that's the take they kept because it's so gross. <laughs> uh, yeah. So who I is? I can't he? remember exactly what it is, but it's one of those. Oh, you, that guy. It's same with the uncle. It's a that guy. I recognize him from a bunch of stuff, but just the names escape me. The actor's name is John Philbin. You'll probably recognize him as Chuck, the new wave guy from Return of the Living Dead. Chuck, I never did like you, but oh, please hold me tight. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And he was in Children of the Corn. He was in Tombstone, Point Break, Bones. Really? He's worked constantly, like all the time. So he's one of those guys you see in TV and movies all the time. He's never the star, but he's still working. Okay. And, like tons and tons and tons of work. Uh, good for him. Okay, I remember him now. Okay. Oh, yeah, he has very good. pretty hair. He does have pretty hair. He's a good-looking guy, and he's he always plays a creep. Yeah. Which is great. Some of them were clearly local hires, too, which I enjoyed as well. Um, but, yeah, what I love about this is that it's this shitwater town. Adding to the fun is that they cast actual high school students as extras, so it's like the sea of 14-year-olds and then these 20-year-olds just <laughs> mixing them up. But anyway, back to the bullies, is that the the, the hierarchy, like, it's a shitwater town. We've seen it. It's, they, nobody's got a lot of money here. James Spader's, they don't say this out loud, James Spader's clothes drip money. Oh, yeah. Visual storytelling, when we have a scene where we go to his house, his house is a dump. So I had a story about him that, that totally blew. I said, oh, his, he's like the rich kid and he's gotten kicked out of every damn school. I know he has to go to public school with the poor people. No, 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 no. He's just as poor. He's rich because he deals drugs. All of his outfits are great. And he's and like, you can see like it, there's a hierarchy among his friends. Like they, there's a degeneration in the way they dress all the way. Like I dress good, but not as good as. James Spader, I can't remember the character's name. Dutra. All the way down to all the way down to fake fat Stephen King. Yeah. They're like the, the guy was totally a local hire, Gordo. Yeah. Because they're going, why are these people hanging out? For the first time, we're going, why is this group of people hanging out? Why is he hanging out? Oh, drugs. Drugs. It's yeah. the drug crowd. And he's the king. And also, there weren't just, I was expecting to be like 80s movie bad kids, like from 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink, but these were actual thugs. Like they're doing dog fighting. And they're, I mean, they're talking, I mean, they're, they're not just bad. These are like hoodlum thugs. They're Florida bad. It's Florida kids. Yeah, it's Florida, it's Florida bad. Yeah. But there were several times we were watching it the other night. Like, Tara would be like, what's going on? Where is the chaperone at the dance? Why is there a safety inspector yes. at this amusement park? I said, it's Florida. It's Florida. <laughs> you don't have those things there. Because shortly after 
our two heroes move to Florida and are living at this amusement park, they also start doing all the repairs on all the amusement park rides. (laughs) And I'm just like, someone's going to die. Okay. All right. (laughs) We'll come back to the bullies. But since he came up, tell me about Uncle Charlie. Charlie. Oh, Chico Terry. Uncle Charlie, when he first shows up, it's like they're like, who are you? Why are you here? Oh, yeah, you. He shows up at the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm doing? I'm taking you both to Florida to live with me and your Aunt Faye. She's a wonderful woman, your Aunt Faye. Oh, wait till you see the place I got. You're going to love it. Now, Colonel Jenkins and them have already made arrangements with the people over at the base to take care of the house and the luggage and all that stuff. When you get off the bus in Florida, I'll be there to meet you. And then they show up at the amusement park and gas station where they live, and he takes them to their room which is a not fully cleared out garage with tin walls, which is going to be a sauna and kill them in the summer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in another mm-hmm. version of this, he is the villain who brought them there to steal the insurance money to make his amusement park <laughs> succeed. Yeah. But in this movie, he's so likable. Yeah. Like in this movie, he, he loves them. I wanted him. I was rooting for him. I wanted he, to root for this guy. He's the lovable loser. He has the best of intentions, but never picks the right path. How do you like it? Well, it's something. Yeah, well, I know it needs work. It took every penny I had to get it, but it's worth it. A little spit, polish, and sweat. I can see hundreds of people ambling down these streets, money in both hands. Well, with Disney World and Epcot a couple hours north, this will be the perfect place for people to stop and route. <laughs> little appetizer. Trey, do you know who you reminded me of? Who? Ryan's dad in the Pipe Dream episode. <gasps> You're right. In another you world, right. Ryan's dad and Connie would have wound up at this amusement park. Had he not bought that pipe, <laughs> he would have bought a stupid amusement park. And Tara, <laughs> since, since, since I think you were around when I screened um, uh, Burning Bright, which was the movie about the the girl and her brother trapped in the house with the tiger. That was I good. wasn't able to be there, but I know the movie. Okay, yeah. Because like that, that dad... Another Florida does like, oh, I just took all of your money and I'm going to open up a wildlife safari park in the backyard. But that's all just a ruse to kill you both. <laughs> yeah, it, this was very nearly like the first iteration of Glass House. Yeah. And it's, yeah. But it, it doesn't. Yeah. It's he loves them. He's just a real big fuck up. He's a big fuck up. And it's played by a veteran actor, uh, veteran acting actor, Eddie Jones, who's one of. Oh, those guy guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. He was in Seabiscuit. He was in A League of Their Own, The Grifters, Cheers, Party of Five, <laughs> Q, The Winged Menace, Chud, The Believers oh. with Martin Sheen. He's been oh. around and he's he's very charming, even though he's bumbling. And you know, this is good. Like had had there not been a massacre at his amusement park, it would have been a complete failure and he would be bankrupt. So, <laughs> And his choice at the end makes perfect sense for the guy of what he does with the amusement park. Oh, yeah, we'll, absolutely. we'll get there. He will get there. We'll get there. But yeah, like he he adopts these kids and it's like, here, come live in this car gated steel shack. <laughs> but it's got it's got bunk it's got bunk beds. It's got bunk beds. beds. It's got dead reindeer on the floor because it's it's Santa's Wonderland, but I like to call it St- Santa's staff infection land. I'm like, oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I lose all five fingers, you ride free. I really hope they've all up to date on their tetanus shots. Oh, seriously. And, and, well, that's such a Florida thing is they make a theme park themed around Santa Claus. 
You know, it's not just a Florida thing because when no. I was a kid, I used to go to Lake George and there was an amusement park nearby called Santa's Wonderland. It became Fairy Tale Village or some shit like that because it was stupid. But yeah, it was it was like a year-round Christmas thing. Uh, can you imagine people having year-round Christmas businesses? How stupid. That would never be a success. What comes? Oh, oh, that actually happens. Never mind. I'm just saying it's Wonderland. It's a dump. It's, it's a dump. It's, it's a dump. It is. With a very sad petting zoo. Where the animals don't make it. Patty, since we're here, first of all, one of the things I love this, since it's not a horror movie, it is a suspense movie. We do get a couple of jump scares. One of the jump scares is a goose jump scare. Homer. And that makes sense because they could murder you. Tara will, Tara will back me up on this. Yes. Oh, sorry. Geese will mess you up. One tried to take my finger as a child. My mom had to beat it with her mom purse. Oh, no. Thanks, mom. So she could like had 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 James Spader not shown up like the villain of the piece could have been Homer the Goose, that, which I would uh -oh. also watch, which I would also watch. But <laughs> um, the first time they're getting introduced to the place and Abby sees the petting zoo, she lights up like a like a Christmas tree when she's well, because it's Santa's, but never mind. Yeah. But she sees it. And he goes, oh, yeah, we got all kinds of animals. We got chickens, ducks. Better scurry when I get you out in Bathory. When I, he literally gave the opening lyrics to "Sorry with the Flint Fringe on Top" from Oklahoma. Maya's not here to back me up. Goddamn it! Maya's not here. <laughs> no, it's okay. They're always in music references, and I'm just like, okay. Well, I'm only I'm only human. So. <laughs> You're not made of wood. I'm not made of wood. But yeah, fair warning: if animal implied violence is something you can't deal with, don't watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, even though it's all off screen, yeah, you yeah, just don't. <laughs> uh, and also, just what I like about Uncle Charlie, like, he's telling, he's explaining to the kids why this is the perfect business choice because he just bought this place and he's going to renovate it. It's going to be a fortune, and he says, "Now consider this: we're only twenty-five minutes away from the third biggest interstate." in the southern United States. Now, do you have any idea how many cars travel that road each and every single day? No, sir. Neither do I. <laughs> but you can bet it's plenty. Any market researcher could tell you that. And every one of them means money in our pockets. We gotta understand, kids, we are just 25 miles from the third biggest interstate in the country. <laughs> oh, bless his heart. I, oh, honey, nobody's driving 25, off the, 25 miles off the interstate for this shithole. No, 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 no. <sighs> And immediately the kids get put to work. They're now they're yeah. slave labor. Yay, yeah, fun. Mm -hmm. We're in mourning and we have to do this. Um, I'm going to do a screen share because this shot is amazing. There's a scene where they're with him and Uncle Charlie are repairing the roller coaster, and this shot happens, and I can't believe it made it in the movie where all of a sudden Lauren's head disappears up Uncle Charlie's ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's just working and it looks like Uncle Charlie just sat on his head and it went all the way in and I'm here for it. <laughs> That's funny. It's also the introduction of two of like the checkoff things in the movie, the roller coaster and the generator. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Chekhov's roller coaster. See the roller coaster in scene one. Yeah. At the, check, at the screening party, I remember everyone was like, oh, that generator's going to come back. And we're like, yes, mm. it does. There's not a lot of great dialogue in this. There are a couple of snappy bits in this. Let me read that. There's that library scene. What I noticed, there's a library scene where Lori Lachlan is working at a computer and 
the guy from Return of the Living Dead comes in and starts harassing because they've made this bet. And, you know, like we said, these guys are awful. Like we don't see them have a conversation that's not awful. You know, this, right. this, the scene where we meet them, they're like shooting jars of pee, it looks like. And they shoot at the you know, feet of a child. Like, like, like a, like a, yeah, like an eight-year-old or 10-year-old kid like shooting at his feet to get him to jump. Shooting at each other because it's funny and and, yeah. and, and discussing fucking Lori Loughlin in the most disgusting way possible. I'm playing the audio. Boy, I'd like to fuck her. <laughs> yeah. Spend a little time on top of that. No, just a pushing and a pulling. Takes some doing, though, getting in those pants. I could get it. Says who? Says me and 50 bucks. Me too. I could get her. Fuck her black and blue. Want to put a little money on a gib? Who can pop that little cherry? Hell yeah. 50 bucks says I get her first. Well, I'm always glad to help a fool. Any other takers? I was born at night, but not last night. That girl and her jerk-off brother wouldn't give you the steam off their shit. $50 says she won't put out to either of you assholes. Dude, you always been three bricks shy of load anyhow. <laughs> shit, man, ain't funny. <laughs> <laughs> so now there's a bet to see who's going to bag Lori Lachlan first. And we've already seen James Spader do it at the... The uh, gas, gas station. station. You know, there's a dance Saturday. Yeah, so I heard. You going? Oh, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I'm going. Go with me. Why? Well, because I'm asking you. You will have a good time. You'll go, right? Oh, look, I don't know. I'm. We haven't really met. I'm sorry. You owe me four dollars. Give me bullshit about four dollars. I'm talking about a dance here. Look, I have a lot of work to do, so could you just give me the money? <laughs> That's a hundred. I can't change that. Listen, I'm asking you nicely. Are you gonna go with me? I don't think so. Thanks. Here's your change. I'm Dutra. You know what that means? You know, I come in here and act decent and you don't you turn me down. Well, I don't fucking believe that. You're crazy. Crazy? You want crazy? Well, I'll show you crazy. Ding dong, Patrick from the future here. Now, I just want to remind you that after this tense, gripping, sexually menacing scene is when we do that hard cut slam that I played earlier into that ridiculous music. (laughs) Jarring, isn't it? Back to the show. When I'm getting gas from a place called Santa's Fuel, I'm going to assume I'm going to need a complete engine replacement. But... Now we have this library scene with this guy Gideon. And what I think is amazing that neither one of these, the bullies do use the exact same tactic. They just try to bully her into sleeping with them. I'm going, you think they tried it? You know what? They're not that smart. But these scenes mimic meat cutes from other 80s teen rom-coms. They just don't know how to do it. They're just like, yeah, this is, I meet you. I show money. I meet you. I put arm around. Why are you not giving sex? Because, yeah, because yeah, apparently all the girls here just give it up. 
to them anyway, or probably because they're scared or they want drugs or both. My name is Gideon Walters. My friends call me Gid. Uh, this seat is taken, Gid. You're going to wreck your head with all this stuff. What stuff? All this stuff, books and shit. Going to tire out your brain. Yeah, well, this is the library. What you need is a drive-in. There's a picture I've seen out there eight times. You're going to love it. It's called Saturday Night Girls. You'll come back a new person. I've already seen it. Uh, Listen, if you don't mind, I have work to do. I ain't going to ask you again. Okay. What I mean is you ain't going to get no extra chance. Now, what day are we going to go out next week? We're not going out next week. Now, if you don't mind, I really have to get this finished. Uh, How about the week after that? You ever been to a dog fight? I mean, a real dog fight. I don't want to go out with you. Why not? You think you're too good for me? I'm not interested in finding out. Would you get lost? Would you like me to call a teacher? No, you don't got to call nobody, baby. You just sit right there and rot. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like, like this, this, this particular scene immediately reminded me, although I don't think the movie happened yet, um, reminded me of the scene in Pretty in Pink with Molly Ringwald and, and Kevin McCarthy. There's a scene just like that. And there's something else with a gas station. Like, they're mimicking other movies. Like making it feel like a teenage rom com, but it's not. Except these kids are awful. But <laughs> kid says to her, "You know, you're gonna rot your brain with all this." And she's like, "Oh, what?" He goes, "With all these books and shit." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. There's a lot. You're smart, aren't you? You're dumb. But yeah, but she stands up to him. Like mm-hmm. she will not oh, stand yeah. up to him. But she just holds her ground. She's giving firm no to both of them. You hear sometimes when they're like, oh, women are just mean to people. No, she's nicely telling them no. She's doing everything women are groomed in society to do. And it's there's nothing she could do. They're assholes who think they're entitled to whatever they want. And in both of them, because like James Spader, even though he's playing this monster, is a very good looking man. If he just acted mid-tier human, he probably could have gotten a date. Same with Gideon. Probably could have gotten a date just acting moderately normal because she's already interested in Eric Stoltz, who is, that's what he's doing. Just acting like a normal human. Yeah. Right. Doesn't even cross their mind to fake it. No, they, it does not even occur to them that it could actually be beneficial. That's not even their nature. Well, clearly this has not always worked before. Mm -hmm. And ew, ew to that. Okay. Eric Stoltz is in the movie. We love Eric Stoltz. He was just before he went off to do mask. Something tells me he went off. He's to, adorable in this. He is so dorky. As soon as he showed up, I'm like, oh, he's going to die. That little nerdy boy going to die. He doesn't. He just evaporates from the movie. He didn't. Yeah. Something he tells just, me, I said, like he went on to do mask immediately after this and get nominated for a gold, uh, win a golden globe, actually. Um, Something tells me he left in the middle. <laughs> That's that last thing. Like, he's not here. He'll be, he's, oh, he'll be back. He went, I'm like, uh-huh. He's something, yeah, he's- I kind of felt like maybe that last scene was a reshoot. Maybe. Because it, he, him not being there felt weird. 
So I'm wondering if Possibly. they had a different ending and then they're just like, no, we got to do this instead. Oh, wow. Have the uncle live. But uh, Not a lot of information about this movie no, out there. So I, I don't know. find anything. Yeah. Yeah. But then what, was Karen at the final mm-hmm. scene? The Lawrence. Okay. She's in the okay. Car. okay. I love Karen. Yeah. I do too. I, I like her a lot. I like uh, her. Uh, that is actress. The actor is uh, Paige Price, who was in All the Right Moves with Tom Cruise and Silent Madness. The 3D, the 3D slasher Silent Madness. Go. What I liked about her is that so she's wants she wants Lauren, the, the brother, mm-hmm. which is obvious. So he's up on a ladder doing some construction on a barn or something, and she's like just short, short enough, like climbs up to him and is basically like, Hey, you want to fuck me? I'm here. He's like, I'm, I'm working. She's like, Oh, I can help you with that. And then she continues to help him hammer away and stop flirting with him and actually help him get the barn done. I was like, I like her. I like her too. Although I'm going to say cool. that was not on her mind. Like that, you, the way you phrase it, come up and fuck me. She's got, okay. She's the exact opposite of Lori Lachlan. She's blonde. She's buxom. She's mm-hmm. curvy. And she's always dressed to show that off. However, it's not exploited, but however, she knows how to use her body. So like every time she moves, I'm going, man, you are working every curve that you have and you look gorgeous, but it's almost this innocent sexuality, unconscious sexuality. I have no idea how, how hot I am or how sexy this is. And I liked her. I liked her a lot. Want some help? Oh, that's okay. I think I got it. That's right. I'll help anyway. There, now you got them together. Must be weird living here. Oh, not really. You get used to it. It's our home. Go ahead, nail them in. I thought you said you were good with your hands. I used to be. Her goal when she climbs up that ladder isn't to seduce Lauren. Her goal up there is to get to know Lauren. And finally introduce herself because we've been told that she's been they've been having these moments of, you know, staring at each other across the crowded cafeteria at school. Had this been a different kind of movie, had this been Friday the 13th, she would have said her lines like, Oh, you need some help up there. I thought you said you were good with your hands, you know, that sort of a thing, but she's, she's coming across sensual, not sexual. And I like it. See, I thought she was being very direct. She liked him. She was interested in him. They had, they had reports. So she's like, hey, why don't we go out? Yes. And I was like, ah. and he's like, I'm working. Okay, well, good. I'll work with you then. I was like, that's, Yeah, and we've seen her cool. actually a couple times in the movie before that. Like, But she's just in the side mm-hmm. trying the same thing. Like, hi, I'm here. Oh. Yeah. oh okay, clearly I'm going to have to take make the first move. And she does. And right. in another movie, she would have been exploited for that body. And it doesn't happen. And she's smart and she's nice and she's yeah. – like, and also not made up, not 80s tees. She just looked like a natural pretty girl who has no idea. And she's not right. menaced by the bullies. And I think the movie does give us an answer for that because her dad's the sheriff. Her dad's the sheriff. Okay. So yeah. it's that line that even they're not going to kind across right now. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's a bad, that would be a bad thing. One of the things I also like that we're talking about, like unconscious sexuality. Every boy's t-shirt, if a boy is fit in this their t-shirts are skin tight. Their pants are skin tight. Not so with all mm-hmm. the girls. I mean, except for Karen. And now that I just said that out loud, I realized that there might be a reason for that. Because if these boys have this sexual reign of terror at the school, there might be a very good reason why the girls aren't dressed the way Karen dresses. 
And I said, you know, this movie's gay when the sheriff, the dorky sheriff shows up and he to, to talk to the bullies about what happened last night at the amusement park and his ass in those dowdy fucking brown polyester uniform pants was like, ba bang, I'm like, Woo, bounce a quarter off that ass, sheriff. Damn. I noticed Woo. that too. I was like, okay. Woo! It runs in the family. <laughs> I can't help it. And also, I wasn't sure where that scene was going to go because I was like, is he going to be the corrupt cop that's going to be part of the problem? But I was like, oh no, he's at, he's good enough. He's not going to really try and stop them completely, but he's willing to make deals with them to keep the peace. I was like, okay, that's more interesting. Right. Well, he doesn't have any proof, so that's all he can do. Yeah. I understand that. And it's not the first time at the rodeo with them either. Okay, so what's been happening is no. that she says no to both of these bullies, and they just keep harassing her. It's nonstop. Like, it's every scene, they will barge in, and just they don't care who's around. Like, they clearly run this yeah. place. Ooh, you're looking good today. Don't you think she's looking good today? You know, I was just saying to my friends, you're looking better and better every day. Kind of makes coming to this place more fun. Just knowing you're walking around looking as good as you do gives me something to look forward to, you know what I mean? And about the other day, you know, I, I wanted to apologize because I understand you didn't know me, who I was. What happened the other day? We had a difference of opinion. Anyway, we know each other better now, don't we? And I'm real glad that we're going to be able to spend some more time together, too. Watch my lips. No. You know, bitch, you had your shot and you just fucked it up. Okay, buddy, clear off. What are you, made out of mouth? I don't like you. I don't like the way you talk. What's that all about? That was Eddie Dutra. It's about as much fun as a rabbit dog. He asked me out the other day, I said no. I don't like him. You don't? Well, they're getting alive. The man gives new meaning to the word unpleasant. It keeps escalating and escalating and escalating until one night they vandalize the amusement park. Right. What I thought was cute, too, is that clearly they're not the brightest bulbs. Aside from James Spader, they're not the brightest bulbs in the bulb box, whatever you call it. But because uh, <laughs> even the graffiti was lame and boring. It was just like, slut, bitch, yeah. fuck, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they used red, you know, you couldn't see it. You should have used like orange or yellow where it pops out, but no. But it was a nice touch. It was like, they're not even good at this. Like, they, yeah. <laughs> they don't no, even threaten not. well. But just the escalation path is yeah. insane in this movie. Because then They then go and key the uncle's car. Oh, a really yes, it's a 1960 Cadillac convertible, cherry oh. red, gorgeous. It's his prized possession. It's the only thing he owns that's worth anything and he loves it and you know that car is going to die <laughs> car's yeah. gonna die. Mm -hmm. great what a great car well, thanks what year is this 1960 see my theory is 1960 was the prime year of our country kennedy was elected interest rates were four percent and elvis presley was singing now or never <laughs> and no extravagance was spared on this here vehicle and it's not just that they key it. The kids see them run to them like they're like, oh, I guess we, we just missed the two people who didn't. Huh? It's kind of surprising that people do something like this. You sorry bastard. <laughs> Don't worry. We saw who did it. Yeah. 
is three of the biggest motherfuckers I ever seen. Wearing suits. Yeah. Three-piece ones. And they were real well dressed. Yeah, real good looking too. Attractive motherfuckers. Trouble here, boys? Hey, my good thing you showed up. Two ugly little guys just scratched the shit out of this guy's car here. Two ugly little guys, you say? Is Charlie McWilliams' car? He's our uncle. Oh, is that whose car it is? Well, holy shit, is he gonna be mad? Oh. Pissed as hell. Fit to be tied. So, uh, which way do these two ugly little bastards go? Well, Mike, it's hard to say. I think you can take care of it, though. Have a nice day now, officer. <clears throat> Sorry about your car. Shame. Oops. <laughs> can they get away with this? Well, you could make a report if you wanted to. No. No report. Sorry, kids. And in the scene, Abby clearly wants to make that report to the police. But once again, as happens many times during this movie, Lauren just supersedes her and never consults her and makes a major life decision that's going to affect all of them without ever asking her. They vandalize the car and don't leave. They stand there and wait for them to come out and find it. Oh, yeah, it's these two guys in three-piece suits, real sharp looking. I said, if there was people in three-piece suits in this town, you'd find them real easy. Real easy. But, yeah, they're fearless. But the next part, just Lauren, the brother, he he almost is the, this one bitch of this movie. Because this movie would have been – I wonder how different it would have been if he just didn't go to 11 and just use a nuclear option next. Because It does. escalated. It escalated very quickly. And threw, he just threw gasoline on that fire. What does he do? He breaks into James Spader's house, sneaks into his room while James Spader's sleeping in bikini briefs, basically gags him, wakes him up, puts a knife to his throat, makes him give him his drug money, takes what he needs, and then leaves. And he doesn't have a mask on. He's letting him know, oh, this is me. I'm doing this to you. And it's, yeah. and the camera doesn't ever let us its eyes off of James Spader's bikini briefs. No, no, it does not. And you want to talk about homoerotic? This is insanely homoerotic. Like he, like he comes in and like flips him over. He straddles him. I came here to accept your apology and payment for the damages to my car. Get up. James Spader is. Nearly naked. Yes. Like they are the tiniest of bikini briefs. He's sleeping on top of his covers and just, and that's it. And it, he flips him over and gags him and puts, you know, a big gag in his mouth, drags him to the closet. Yes. Forces him in the closet. Forces him on his knees. And there's a big sign in the back in the closet that says Sunday service, which is really weird. But I'm yeah. like, the Sunday service happening in the closet. And then yeah. finds his drugs, steals his money, then throws it back in the bed and mounts him. This is for the car. We even hear me. It's over. Mm hmm. <laughs> And then takes his drug money and thinks that this will be the end of everything. That again, the brother, the brother. I just what the fuck, dude. Well, he's used to having Tom Atkins for a dad because that would have been the end. Well, actually, no, he just would have sent in Tom Atkins' mustache to deal with everything. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the end. 
And this is why his sister is so mad at him all the time. She's like, you don't yeah. talk to me before you do things. I imagine their whole life growing up, she's had to like stop him from doing these stupid things because he's like A to B. And then she's like, no, no, no. There's then C and D and E. And this is where mm-hmm. the problem's going to come for us. What? <laughs> I mean... Your Break. library books were overdue, so I burned up the library. No, I mean let's count the <laughs> it was felonies. Only twenty-five cents. Yeah, breaking yeah. and entering, yes, exactly. assault, theft, and I was like, this is only halfway through the movie. That, that's when I was like, okay, this movie's about to get real interesting now. It does. It does. It kind of it kind of lollygags for a while, but because yeah. um, we're building relationships, and I want to talk about the Matt scene. Yes. Yes. It's just a scene of Lori Lachlan and Karen. They're out on the track and. Lauren's off doing something athletic and they, the two girls come and they flop on this big, you know, one of those pole vault mats and they, oh, 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 we're so tired from running the 10 feet. Oh God. Oh, <laughs> we're so tired and sweaty, but we're totally not sweaty, even though it's Florida, whatever. But yeah. anyway, um, again, like even before he shows up, it, Karen is the way she's posed. Like every time she's posed, like she's either like on her chest with her tits hanging over the side of the mat. So you can almost see down her skirt, uh, uh, down her top. And when she flips over, it's just every angle, every line. I'm like, bang, bang, bang. You're a model. You're a dancer. You know mm-hmm. how to work your body, but it's not coming off sleazy. And then Lauren comes over. <laughs> what happens, Trey? He does a front somersault kind of flip onto the mattress and he lands legs splayed, crotch right there in the camera, center frame. And you can see everything. And it's like an, an inch, maybe two inches from the from the edge of his, his shorts. They're just oh, yeah. all the way up there. Oh, yeah. Like, center screen is jiggly dick. Mm-hmm. You can tell which way he's leaning. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. He, he's a left leaner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very clear. He's a left leaner. <laughs> and I'm going, when you're shooting a movie like this, how do you not catch that if that's not the message you're trying to get across? Yeah. Because I'm sure it wasn't. Because Sean S. Cunningham is apparently... Mm, kind of iffy with the gay stuff so oh, wow. but i don't know it was it was charming <laughs> i have no idea what the dialogue was for a while i was just like what, what? <laughs> i had to rewind it short to my husband be like oh i've got friends who are Bill. like <laughs> i got kids at work with i keep trying to tell them the 80s was a really horny period you just don't understand it really was it really yeah. was but all that is is not commented on it's like it's not supposed to be there which makes it even funnier. Exactly. The scene's not about that. They're not talking about sex. Nobody's ever. It's not like an 80s comedy or, or the slasher movies where all the people do is talk about right. sex. Yeah, not at all. Nobody's talking about sex. Yeah. It's just there. It is a little more realistic high school in that sense that you, it's not talked about that much when you're there. It's like, are we going to hang out? Oh, cool. What class do you have? Do yeah. you have notes? Well, exactly. if it's talked about, it's the big like, mystery. It's like people mm-hmm. have like either making shit up or just passing around bad shit, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. bad information. Yeah. Yeah. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I heard a girl gets pregnant if you pee in her butt. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the movies that's on Showtime, you know, make it sound a lot more elaborate and decadent than it really is. <laughs> <laughs> or, or actually, it would have been Skinamax. Skinamax. Um, so yeah, things just kind of bumble along. There's a few more altercations. Oh no. All right. Oh, no, 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 the no, shower no, no. scene. The shower scene. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. This was the part of the movie. I said, this feels like Friday the 13th. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like we just stepped back to, into Crystal Lake because we got the corrugated steel walls. We've got the overhead swinging lights. And there's a scene where she walks into a closet, a walk-in closet, but it's black in there. And look, on the Friday the 13th Spectacular, we talked about how well Sean, Con- uh, Sean Connery, Sean Cunningham used darkness in that film. There were several scenes where people walked into blackness and disappeared and then came out. But anything could have happened in there. And that's exactly what happens here. I felt like I was in the movie. And we're going to the shower. This is going to get good. Continue. Take it away. What happens? In retaliation for the breaking and entering and straddling, uh, James Spader's character, the lovely little fluffy bunny that we know she loves so much is no more and gets its throat slit and thrown at her feet in the shower. And it's just like, ah. You see his hand shut. It's not like the cavalry through. He's like his hand shoves it through and drops it like he's like i am right here it's because you don't know what he's you know he's approaching the shower the whole time and you're like oh god oh god oh god because their room and bathroom is fully separate it's like a different building so it's not like anyone's even there or close by if yeah, something right. happened to yeah. her and it's kind of the really crappy thing that happens to her character is she gets the consequences for her brother's dumb actions yeah they take it off. repeatedly and that's why I think I was kind of mad that she doesn't get to make the final blows or anything like that because she's so often dealing with the consequences. Yeah. Concur. Concur. And poor Concur. bunny. Poor, poor, poor Really? Because I remember bunny. you saying when when Lori Locker was walking around cooing at the bunny, she's like, oh, she's such a pretty bunny. What a pretty bunny. Like, that bunny's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fat bunny. I, I had that I chat not. saved, Tara Gardner. <laughs> that was a fat bunny. That was a big It was a big bunny. fat bunny. That was a night of the lepus bunny. Yeah. Oh, but I do want to back up for a second. <laughs> yes, please. The dialogue in this, they got these stupid Southern sayings down really well because I, I wrote them down. That when Lauren's fighting with Jim Spader, he's like, "Boy, are you made of all mouth?" And then later, when they're when they think that the the Santa's Playland Park is going to do well, the uncle's like, "Pretty soon we'll be farting through silk." And I just, I love the it, it. Took me back, took me back to Texas. You you actually hear that once in a while in Texas. You hear stuff like that. So the writing in this was there were some good some choice little bits. Yes, yes. The, I would say that the dialogue was great. The accents were outrageous, but whatever. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. And then, um, yeah, we, we have some more retaliation. The next day at school, he there's a parking lot fight. Lauren beats everybody up. Oh, yeah. In front and of wins, everyone. and he's the school hero. Everybody loves him. And again, this is where the movie would end. This is the Karate Kid ending. Hooray, the villains have been defeated, but they haven't been because we have a scene at the urinal, which gets gay again. Oh, God. Take it away. Yeah, he's at the urinal when the guy comes up to him. And then he starts pissing on his leg and he doesn't back away. He's just like, sister, let's piss on his leg. And I was like, what are you doing? And I thought, you just kicked their ass. You had to expect this. And then all of them come in and beat the crap out of them in the boys' bathroom. I want to take a pause here and just say, because uh, I mentioned last time I am on, on the Friday the 13th Spectacular, that I am a fight choreography person. I've, been, I've trained in that for years. I love it. I love watching it. I love to see what people come up with. And I mentioned on that show that how the fight on the Lake like side with Mrs. Voorhees and Alice was not flashy. It wasn't showy, but it was gritty. It was real and it was really well executed. The stuff here is flashy and showy and only kind of well executed. Mm. A lot of punches clearly don't land or like weapons near, don't come anywhere near the person that it's in the angles aren't right, but that's, it is what it is, but that's also eighties 
you see that a lot back then. I'm demand. Yeah. I'm demanding. It what is. can I say? It's harder on film than it is on stage, oddly enough. But yeah, so this fight is grueling and gross. Like the part that really is upsetting, though, this is a great bit of fight choreography with James Spader. Like they've got Lauren on the ground. James Spader comes and just grabs his Adam's apple and starts <laughs> squeezing him yeah. out. <laughs> Ooh. I would not have been surprised if he killed him. Yeah. Yeah. It was a perfect move for that character. And again, just that threat, like I could kill you right now, but I won't. Yeah. Back off. And is that Make when your sister we, fuck me. Yeah. Is that when we get the, the training montage? We get a training montage oh, number I two, which is lots of flashbacks from training montage number one. I love that training <laughs> montage. I was like, oh, I wrote down, we've got a montage. It's a montage within a montage. He's, yes. Because you know, he breaks his arm. He's like working out, doing one-handed push-ups. Oh, Side yeah, lunges. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots, lots, lots of shirtless, yeah. short, short exercising. And I'm not complaining. Not complaining. Very pretty young man. Very pretty young man. I think this is when they... Uh, the school dance. Oh, dance. yeah. Now I know I talked about this before, and I know this is just a film thing. When you shoot things like this, when you shoot crowd music scenes, when you shoot school dances, when you shoot parties, you don't have the music. Mm-hmm. Some usually they don't know what they're even going to have licensed. So they might play you a little bit of something so that everybody's on the same beat, but then they have to shut it all off. And the, the, the scene is shot in silence for minutes on end. You know, you're, you're just dancing and eventually people start getting on different beats and man, nobody's dancing to whatever song is playing. Like they're playing some sappy ass shit and everybody's like, yeah, jamming out. And what I love about this is that Abby Lloyd Lachlan is dancing crazy. <laughs> She's getting a workout. She's getting a workout to a slow song. Like she's dancing crazy to a slow song. That's clearly not supposed to be playing. What's supposed to be playing. But I said, you know what? I'm okay. If this charming, attractive, smart, tough, young woman is a terrible dancer. I think that's adorable. That's good. It's her flaw. (laughs) It's her flaw. But she's still having a great time. Look at that smile on her face. She hasn't smiled like that the whole movie. No. And she's with Eric Stoltz. Little she baby Eric Stoltz. Stayed with Eric Stoltz. And he looks like such a dork. <laughs> oh, oh, he is. Well, I mean, so then James Spitter comes in and starts harassing her, and he doesn't do a goddamn thing about it. I'm like, just fight him, just or just something. What's he gonna do? Look yeah, at you're him. right. There's five of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think and one tiny little nerd, and you know, nobody in that school. You saw the school, the fight in the school parking lot. Nobody joined. Nobody helped. Yeah, yeah. Those kids run the school. They're well-trained. Don't yeah. fuck with them. Mm-hmm. And the, probably the best way they found to survive is just ignore them and stay out of the way. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so that's, that's what Eric Stoltz is like. Hey, ignore them for long enough and they're going to get tired of bugging you. But I just wanted him to just step I in know. and do something. Yeah. But yeah, it, would, it, would, it wouldn't have been the kind of movie But then we need the rest of the movie. He can't be yeah. the hero. We no, already he have a hero. Yeah. yeah. And this is the most, Go. The, the most implausible part for me. Um, Abby goes to the washroom alone. Girls mm-hmm. don't do that. We travel in packs, especially you in the packs, And I, I would think the, I just based on what I remember from my school dances, the, the restrooms were always packed. Yeah. Cause they weren't designed for this many kids. Like the ones that were open, like the ones that were off the side of the gym, they were not <laughs> yeah. meant to have 300 people trying to use them at the same time. Abby goes to the restroom by herself and it's like a mile away. It seems from, and from the from the dance and all this was just terrifying you just like this was the wrong thing to do what are you thinking yeah and that shot when she comes out 
she pushes the door open and walks down the hallway. When the door swings back, James Spader was standing back there the whole time. Just him leaning on the wall with those sunglasses. You're like, oh, fuck. fuck Look at him. That was great. He doesn't have to do anything. Just being there. You went, Ugh. No, that was just such a great character because, you know, she is fucked. But. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Even if probably there had, if Eric Stoltz had walked her to the washroom, the heat's nothing yeah. would have changed. No. There's five of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they, they kidnap her. Yeah, which things are getting serious now. Major, major, major laws being broken now. I also like that that Karen immediately knew something was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> Karen back in the day, she's like, she's been gone too long. That's true. She's not with another girl in the washroom. She Girls <laughs> don't poop. It doesn't take this long. Women's intuition. She knows another woman's in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Like after what just happened, we already yeah. had an altercation tonight, and she's gone. Something's wrong. She alerts everybody else, and they split up, and they figure they go out and hunt for her. all of this stuff with Lori Lockett in the woods is oh, all brutal. Oh, oh yeah. Like the game's over now. They're gonna claim their prize, all of them, and then kill her. Yeah. And it's like they douse her with, is this the scene where they douse her with gasoline? Yeah. Lighter it's fluid. Yeah. But not just they douse her with lighter fluid. Where do they start? Her legs and her crotch. Yeah. Yeah. It's not said out loud. It's not lordly shot, but I'm like, oh, you fucks. Yeah. Oh. Oh. It's getting a little cold out tonight, don't you think, Oda? Yeah. You think we ought to light ourselves a little fire? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's already made it clear that she's not putting out tonight. She's fou- shot back enough that she's pissed them off. Yep. That okay, fine. You want to play that way? We're gonna set you on fire, bitch. Yeah. Go Trey. I will say I was glad the movie didn't have her be right. Thank you. That would have yes. a lesser movie would have done that. And this movie, like I said, it just it never went as exploitative as it, other movies would have gone. So yeah, I was happy they didn't have that. Right. Oh, and I was also glad that like her top didn't get ripped off. And you know, exactly. like her, I mean, things happen, but it's yeah. as tasteful as they can be mm-hmm. in a weird sort of way. Yeah. And I just love that even though this, this she's outnumbered. Five to one. She's still scratching, pinned down to the ground, oh, yeah. held down. Oh, yeah. She's still fighting back. The fact they keep trying to light it with matches and she keeps blowing them out. Blowing like, it out. Like seven matches. I'm like, that get a lighter, so, like, you idiots. But, like, don't put it next to her mouth, you idiots. I mean, yeah. Yeah, because eventually yeah, it's funny. She's smart. They're not. Yep. She's smart. And when she gets them all riled up, she hits one of them in the crotch and punches the other one in the face and she can get away. Uh, don't Fuck. Ah! You're on the fucking tongue. Ah! You're on the fucking rack now. Go home. Surprise me. <laughs> Hold her down. Ah! I got her. Get back, girl. Ah! You're first one. I want you to remember. Ah! Let me try some of that. I wasn't good enough. You're sick. Ah! You ready, Gordo? <laughs> Come on, 
we're going hunting. At a girl. Yeah. At a girl. Yeah, and she's still in the movies, which was good. She wasn't like cowering and then just left to forget what the, what the brother does everything. She kind of fights back a little bit after that. She, she's a good character. I wish the movie was a little bit better for her character. Yeah, I, yes. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. Cause like you said, she loses most of the agency, which I also understand because she's shutting down yeah. as well. She's been broken down, yeah. but she deserved her pound of flesh. Mm. She deserved a moment to take it all back mm-hmm. and not have it taken back for her. But we're there. Cause we're not there yet, but we are. It's time for the amusement park bloodbath finale. Yeah, this turns into a whole different movie. Yeah, uh, she gets away and, of course, runs home. James Spader has figured that out and got in the van and got ahead of her, so he's waiting there for her when she gets there, and shit goes crazy. And they take her back, and they've got Uncle Charlie, too. And that's when I was like, oh, they're going to kill this family because there's no way they're leaving any witnesses for what they're doing. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Clearly, Vera. They, they, clearly, Vera was out shopping. Whatever. Whatever. Was her ball? And night. they already. And they had introduced early on that they have a pit bull who is enraged with blood. They're they're trying to be a, a I guess a, a dog fight. Dog fighter. So the, now go on. That's what being pit bulls all about. Loving blood. How long do you think she'll stay up there, Gid? As long as we let her. Once she gets that taste of blood in her mouth, there ain't nothing gonna get her off this rope till she's ready. This pit bull, if if he's if he smells blood, he's gonna go for it. Yeah. And they've got blood, and they're gonna flash it on them and let the pit bull go loose. Yeah, they kill the little baby cow to get some blood, and they're go- they pour it all over Uncle Charlie's face. Now you see, you push me, you push me too far. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> you know pit bulls? This dog would like to rip your fucking heart out, Charlie. Take a bloody thing and chew it to the bone. Make a mess out of you, old man. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when Lori Lachlan says, leave it alone, what do they do? What does James Spader do? He pulls down her pants oh, yeah. and with his hand paints her thighs and her crotch with blood. Stop it! <laughs> you want us to stop? It is slow because he's kneeling when he's doing it. It is slow and creepy, and she is just trying to stay as still as humanly possible because she doesn't know if he's going to do something more. And it's just like, Mm. ah, and her uncle is there being held on his knees with his arms behind his back, and it's trauma central. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was, it was supposed to be disturbing and yeah. they did just enough to make it disturbing without going that extra mile of being exploitative. Yeah. And it like this whole yeah. thing with the, with the blood on the legs, on her thighs and on her crotch, it's shot from the side. So it's not like you're, yes. you're not seeing him rubbing her groin area with blood. You don't see that, but you yeah. know what he's doing. So yeah. it's as tasteful, when I said it's as tasteful as it can be. Oh, yeah, because it's not like they yeah. put her in, like, a thong or anything. She's wearing, like, full coverage, everything, and yeah, it's, again, she's Considering dressed, this is the same guy who produced Last House on the Left, like, we could have gone other oh, yeah. places. She's dressed like a normal person would throughout this. Yeah. 
They're not using this scene to show off, oh, she's got a thong on and here's her ass. Yeah. They're not doing that. The thing is, what the other thing that's terrifying about the extra terrifying about the gang of bullies right now is that they are fucking coked out of their minds. Yeah. By this point, they're hyped up. They are irrational. But fortunately, that also makes them clumsy and stupid. Because Lauren's in the mix also. Lauren's arrived also. Oh, no, not has he quite yet. yet. Okay, no, no. He's not there. Okay, okay. He's somewhere. You're right. I, think, You're right. Uh, I don't know where he is. Well, they, they haven't arrived yet. But Uncle Charlie saves the day, or at least gets out of the situation. He punches one of them in yeah. the chest, and it starts a fight, and it, it startles fucking fake Stephen King Gordo enough to let go of that rope for one second if the, the dog breaks free. Mm-hmm. And when Uncle Charlie gets out, he upends the bowl of blood in the process, which splashes all over Gordo, and the dog just goes right for his throat. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It goes right for his juggler. Yeah. the juggler oh got him right the juggler <laughs> yeah kills him kills him motherfucker kill him right there in the juggler so <laughs> the yep. villain's first kill is themselves yeah yeah that's true that's what i meant inept like they're, yeah they're, yeah this could have gone really badly yeah. and mm-hmm. it didn't the dog because once that dog got a hold of gordo's throat it won't let go it's something that we established early on once it gets a taste of blood it won't let go yes yeah until they yeah. shoot it Mm-hmm. Which was oh oh, and I hated that because then this dog just like flies out of the shot, and mm-hmm. I was oh, I did not like that. No, but that it had to be done. That dog was not raised. Yeah, that dog was a monster. The, there's nothing cute about that it dog. Did. I mean, they they did that to him or her, yeah. whatever. I don't even think they yeah. gave a sex with the dog, but uh. yeah, but yeah, you're right. Animal cruelty. Yes, yeah, so and now everybody. Oh, and Char- Uncle Charlie gets shot yeah. in the gut with a shotgun. Yeah. That's why I thought maybe the ending was a different one because he shot like in a place that would normally kill you. Yeah. But this movie's a little kinder. Yes. It's kinder. It's kinder. No, he doesn't die. But yeah, but now they're off chasing her and now Lauren has shown up and now shit's going to go down. Now we're going to use everything in the amusement park, (laughs) all the rides and all the games to kill off these bullies. And it's, it's fun. It's satisfying. It's not gory. It's not, it's not the gore fest you want, but it's nice to see them get there. So it's fun though. I like it. Um, One of the things I said about too, like I mentioned earlier about darkness, like uh, how much, how well Sean S. Connery, uh, I did it again. (laughs) Sean S. Cunningham used darkness in Friday the 13th. This scene is too well lit. But they do make a point of showing them turning on all the carnival lights at least. Yes, yes, but there are points when we're going off the midway, where we're behind the buildings, like where the places where the crowds don't go, that should be darker, that should be spookier, and none of it is. None of it is. Uh, but that's okay. It's not that kind of movie. It's not what we were no. going for. You've got the guy with a shotgun chasing Lori Laughlin in the House of Mirrors. And I was hoping she would just kill him, and she, she, she runs from him and knocks him down. And then she runs. I, but do we ever see that guy? Yeah. 
then she runs away. Yeah, he's the, yeah, yeah, he's he's the one I decided is the gay one, the one who wanted out yeah. earlier with the one with the headband. I'm like, you're the gay <laughs> one because <laughs> you know you never brought up fucking Lori Lachlan. It's just like I'll place a bet on you to do it, but I'm not in. Um, I decided he's the gay one, but yeah, he's the one who gets barbecued in the uh, in the bumper cars. <laughs> Yeah, one gets bum, bar, um, barbecued in the bumper cars. The um, one of them gets lured, and they're fighting right next to a, a, a roller coaster track. Oh, that's the big finale. Okay, we oh, got oh, a little God, small one in the Ferris wheel. Right, the Ferris wheel. Yeah, Ferris wheel. He falls out of the one that. Gets- well, yeah, because yeah, well, they send some guy up to be the lookout. Yeah. With, stand with the shotgun. Now, if you see that fucker, you shoot him. Okay, Durga, Durpa, 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 James yeah. Bader. Okay, James Bader. What I liked is that since this is their turf, they know this place inside and out. These two kids. So now at the games, there's so Lauren. Lauren Ma- climbs up the side of the Ferris wheel. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a moderately suspenseful scene where Lloyd Lawson's watching Lauren, and he's climbing up the Ferris wheel behind the the car where the bully is, and he gets he locks it into place. And then I'm thinking because of that guy catches one of what you're doing because he's having to like move these bars around and hook bars into the side of, of the first wheel. It's not that quiet. So I'm thinking if he's, if he gets this, you're dead. And he, yeah, if he hears you or if he feels you, if he feels the, and he does it, the, the wheel starting to move. And nothing happens at first. And then later when the first wheel goes on, it starts turning, his car's locked in the place. So it turns upside down with the wheel and he falls out. And that was satisfying. I like that. It was satisfying. And then we got yes, and then our, our little free, now you since you brought up the roller coaster death, which is the signature death of this movie for a good reason. Yeah, it's good. And yeah. they're fighting, and then the one guy's just head is on the track, and the roller coaster comes and lops it off, decapitates yep. him. Was, you don't see any blood, don't see the head, but it was good. Yeah, because they've turned on the bad generator, the dangerous oh, yeah. one, Chekhov's generator, <laughs> to turn that roller coaster on, and then the other guy falls into that and gets electrocuted. Mm-hmm. bumper cars yeah. yeah and that one i i still say is another villains killing the villains because he was an idiot and fell into a generator <laughs> yeah yeah fair yeah and like the scene with the roller coaster it it starts out with the uh, with uh the guy from return living dead he's got the upper hand he's got lauren's head on the roller coaster track and something that I find exciting about this scene is that it's not the biggest roller coaster. It's not a kiddie coaster, but it's not the cyclone either. It's relatively small. So they're fighting. It's also making an arena for them to fight in. And once the roller coaster starts going and there's all this fighting, it's like there's all this action in the center, but also there's this roaring beast that seems to be passing through every now and then. And just on an audio level and attention level, I love it. Yeah, we're beating them up against it too. Yeah, be like banging his hand against. And again, I was thinking of Alice on the sand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Mrs. Forrest is doing the same similar move. Bang, except this is against steel. And with one shot, Lauren just like kicks him in the yeah. dick, mm-hmm. flips, flips the whole thing, and that guy's dead. And he didn't even know what happened. Yeah. Bang, loved yeah. it. Didn't see it coming. Then we got James Spader. There's the only one left. His death was good. 
It, another great scene, another wonderful tense. Cause he's got Lori Loughlin. He's I guess she's still doused in lighter fluid and he's gone to the gas pump and set it on fire. Like as like a blowtorch and, menacing her. and he's got yeah. her. And what I also think is exciting about the scene is as we've seen throughout the movie, James Spader is a very verbose villain. He's very precise with his words and very, and even when he's a rabid dog, he's still got manners to him at this point in the action all manner of pretense is gone. Any formality, there's no human left. He's just beast. There's no words. He's not giving a final villain monologue. He's just a vicious beast that needs to be put down, and it's cool. Yeah, Lauren comes in, and they wrestle and wrestle, and then James Spader turns into basically a Halloween mask that screams and is lit on fire, and then, yeah, he oh. dies too. And you see his body like moving on the ground yeah, after breathing. the flames have. Yeah, I was like, oh, good. You suffer, you son of a bitch. You suffer. And I was just happy that his boots were okay because those boots were fabulous. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> they were some fierce boots. He's had some great clothes in this. There was that shirt when the scene with the car. I was like, I want that. I know it's a Western style shirt, but that's a fabulous shirt. Anyway, that's a point right now. <laughs> All the bullies are dead. We've saved the day. Yay. And we've done what the only thing normal people would do. We're going to cash in on it. <laughs> we're going to oh, make yeah. a buck for everybody's death. Yes. Come see where the hooligans, the bloodthirsty the hooligans ra ravaged our town. Come on down to Santa's like murder park. <laughs> You're looking at Charlie McWilliams, a survivor of near fatal gunshot wounds and an eyewitness to the bloodbath at Funland. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, that's what they called it. Believe me, when they called it that, that's what it should have been called. So hurry, folks. The guide tour is going to start in a minute. Oh, it's uh, two fifty for adults, dollar and a half for the kiddies. It's educational and inspirational. See where the dope crazed vandals paid the ultimate price. Well, they even like we're like saying, you know, here's where the bloodbath happened. Come see where I, you know, where, where each one of them met their fates. And I was like, okay. And there's a huge line to tour the death scenes. Yeah, and the place is all spruced up. Everything looks great. It's a great day. Yeah. The ants back. They're making money. Yep, and that's that's how it ends. It's another fabulous day. Yeah. Capitalism yeah. with the ten-year-old giving a menacing stare. Oh yeah, right. I forgot about was. the stinger. Yeah, 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 yeah. The little brother, one of the one of the bullies' little brother. Yeah. The last shot. Like, well, thank goodness we're gonna have a fun day, have a picnic, or whatever the fuck we're gonna do, and nothing like this will ever happen again. Cut to the little brother just staring him down, just looking at them as they walk away. My name is Charlie McWilliams, your tour guide, and I'm going to show you where each and every one of the dope crazed vandals met his gory end. And you just follow me right in here. And let me tell you this, folks. We can all sleep a lot sounder for knowing that we've seen the last of that bunch of bloody loonies. Here we go, folks. Right this way. You won't want to miss a single minute. Yeah. There was no other the sequel. And then we're back to that, yeah. that absolutely ridiculous theme song. Got to stand up. Damn, damn, damn. Got to stand yeah. up. <laughs> it's 80s montage music. It's terrible, but it's perfect for a shitty 80s movie, which this is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so over the top, but it also would have been a hit had the movie been a hit. It absolutely would have been a hit. Yeah. There are moments in this that I think are absolutely wonderful. Silent moments, wonderful shots, parts that made my skin crawl that do not involve sexual menacing 
Well, they do, but not directly. There's a scene that like we so said, we talked about the shower scene that that whole leading up to that is great. You know, when you know that you see the boots in there and you know that she's in there alone and she's got to take a shower, this is going to be bad. But there's a scene where she's out in the animal pen. Talking to the animal. Oh, hi, Homer. Hey, Homer. Where are you going, Homer? And she's got Molly and she's just tending to the animals and we're just panning up. And I think it's a choice that as we're panning up, there's a rooster sitting on top of everything, watching over everything. And as you get past the uh, rooster, you just see James Spader is in the trees watching all of this. The musical stinger here, which doesn't happen often, is absolutely frightening. I'm playing it. Come on over here. Here's some. Come on. Let's go. Let's get it. Come on. It's one of those great chill moments, and he's just terrifying. He's a terrifying young man. He's so. And then don't they also then cut to decapitating a rooster? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was wild. Yeah. So it's like if you didn't get what we were saying here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I also said it was just that it's a rooster too, that it's like we're dealing with the cock of the walk here that's going to kill all males to get to their female. So, so that all yeah. the girls are mine. This is what's happening with these bullies too. So they're all a bunch of roosters who are going to kill each other anyway at some point because that's what roosters do. Mm-hmm. It's not a great movie. It's perfectly fine waste of 90 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's not for me. Like I didn't really enjoy it, but I can understand why other people would. I didn't really enjoy it, but I liked aspects of it. Like I liked the, the, the performers. I like certain yeah. shots. I just like seeing people. Eric Stoltz is always a charm. I liked watching people. I'm glad work. I saw it once. Yeah. I'm glad I saw it once. Yeah. It's again, I can understand why someone would be like, oh yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it is very of that eighties era where you have to thwart the bullies, but this, we don't just beat them in a karate match. We decapitate them with a roller coaster, but and it's more graphic. I was thinking it would make a good before double that, feature. Before that, like all the sex yeah. stuff is way more graphic than normally you'd get in this kind of a movie, this kind of a teen drama. But he didn't want to make another slasher. He didn't want to make another horror movie. He did it. Good for you. And it bombed. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. I, I was thinking it would almost make a good double feature with Angel. You know, kind of sort of movies are so How dare you. Angel is <laughs> Angel magnificent. Is awesome. This movie's garbage. Angel is good. This is This movie is... Not as exploitive as it could have been. It's a little more interested in. Oh, it's more interested in boys and their jiggly dicks. <laughs> That's why you like it. That's true. Okay, you're right. There are glimmers of a better movie in this movie. Yeah, there's good characters. Yes, yes. There's a good idea, and it's. I don't know if it's just time frame, budget, or just we want to make this really actiony and throw in a lot of montages that resulted in never a bad thing, but no, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Anyway, there are glimmers of a good movie in it. It just, they didn't yeah, take it there. It's there was studio pressure. And cause there's that push pull in the movie where it's jarring, where it's trying to be one thing and then it switches to another thing. It feels like that probably was happening off screen as well, because previously to this, Sean, uh, not, well, not super previously, but when he did last house on the left, when he did, Friday the 13th, Sean S. Cunningham did them as an independent filmmaker and I was got a studio telling him what to do. Yeah. And I think there was probably, it feels like yeah. there's a, an internal fight going on beneath all of this. That's not mm-hmm. necessarily in the story, but the, it, the movie doesn't know what it wants to be. And I think that's why. I kind of, 
if it had tried just a little. I kind of wonder how it would have been if it had been two sisters instead of a brother and a sister. That would be great now. I don't think it would have flown then. Yeah. Like it's one of those no. things of like, I, there's something that could have been done to really elevate it. I just can't put my finger on it. Mm. If it was more interested in the kids and just a little bit more interested, and if it had leaned into more of the Florida atmosphere, give it a little bit more of a vibe or a mood of just the Southern sleazy sweatiness. You know what? I, I, know. I, I had a thought about that too, is that I said, it's Florida. It's, it's humid, humid, the heat should be a character like in Streetcar Named Desire. Like that's adding to the stress of things is that it's really fucking hot all the time. And we don't, nobody feels hot. Nobody looks hot. I mean, they look hot, but they don't feel like they are warm. Yeah. They're wearing jackets. Well, just that white trash. (laughs) No, no, you don't. Yeah. It just had a little bit more of the white trash vibe to it, but yeah. Yeah. Almost there. I mean, it's an interesting movie. I guess it's an interesting misfire, which I'd rather watch than kind of a movie that sort of ticks all the boxes and just disappears from your memory. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's the new kids. I think we have done it, everybody. No. Come for James Spader. Stay for the short shorts. Yes. Stay for the... <laughs> Pretend you're there for James, James Spader. Spader. Once again. No deep inside. You're there for the jiggly dicks. <laughs> he is really good in this, though. You can see why he's a, why he got the success. Stick he's with really it because maybe Tom Atkins good. will pop up at the end. Oh, I was. See, I'm not dead, too. Shows up and crutches in like a bandaged what arm. What a different movie it would have been if Tom Atkins had played the uncle. Yeah. Oh. The uncle gets involved. He probably would have still would have died. Yeah. Although that, you know, seeing Tom Atkins get gut shot would have been devastating. I would not have been happy. I'm like, you Tom Atkins, like, let loose that. They would have no, had to take yeah. the mustache off. Otherwise, I would never believe any of it. All right. I think we're done. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Trey, do you have anything you want to add? Tell, any, tell me something good that's going on. Tell me. Tell You know what? They've heard about it on Demi Wonka Lewis. Tell everybody about your new dog. Oh, yeah. Um, so we moved from Texas to Illinois in October. And our neighbors had a dog. We have two dogs of our own, and they decided they don't want their dog anymore. So they knocked on our door and was like, do you want to take our dog? I was like, yeah, sure. So now we have three dogs, and he's he's a mess, but he's a great dog. He, he's coming along. He's eight months old. Well, he's, he's he a, came from bastard people, so of course he's a mess. Well, they, they did give him to us instead of just you know abandoning him, so there's that. I kind of picture that the people next door to you were probably customers of James Spader. Mm-hmm. Yes, they yeah, they were. When the uh, the woman, yeah, no, she she's one of the women's like ten miles of bad road. And when she knocked on the door that morning, she saw me and goes, "Can I speak to the other one?" Meaning my husband, because he's the one who's actually spoken to her. <laughs> no, hello. Yeah, how you doing? Just is the man of the house at home. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you it's true Tara Tara tell me something good but yeah so. my dog's better now she was very very sick around Christmas oh, oh. and now she's all better we got the go ahead from the doctor that she's not oh. gonna get sick like that again yay hopefully so two happy yay. dog oh, stories oh, what a great yes. thing what a oh, great good. thing alright thank you so much for joining me enjoy yes. the rest of Shauna's Cunningham month stay safe stay healthy and most of all stay fabulous you too yes we will you better I know where you live. Okay, that 
was fabulous. Thank you again to Trey and Tara for going on this crazy roller coaster ride with me and letting us take a look at a lesser seen side of Mr. Sean S. Cunningham, a great way to end Sean S. Cunningham month. Before I give my final takeaways on the movie itself, I have a voicemail to listen to first. Hey, Patrick, it's Tom DJ from ATW Theater Works. Hey, Tom. I hope you're doing fine. I'm fine. Uh, as you know, I've been listening to some of your older episodes lately, and I just finished listening to the episode on the Lauren Bacall, Michael Bean, stalker <laughs> thriller, The Fan. Ah, uh, it's not and diamonds. it made me wonder what your thoughts were on another film that came out at roughly the same time, uh, The Seduction directed by David Schmoller with uh, Morgan Fairchild Ooh. and Andrew Stevens bugging out his eyes, and most importantly, Colleen Camp. In my head canon, Colleen Camp and Morgan Fairchild go off and found a feminist <laughs> cable station after the events of the movie. It's <laughs> terrible, but I think you might find the film interesting as a compare and contrast. So anyway... Have a Ow. great day and remember. Ack! Remember what, Tom? Oh, stupid cutoff timer. Oh, no. Thank you, Tom, for calling in. Uh, I guess Michael Bean is in the air today. You calling about the fan? Shannon Presley from the New Kids was giving me Michael Bean and the fan vibes. Wow. Synchronicity. Uh, the seduction. I have not seen it since it was on cable. So it was, let's say, 1983. And all I remember it, from it is... Andrew Stevens bugged out eyes like you remember and Morgan Freeman, uh, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, <laughs> Morgan Fairchild's, I get them confused all the time, Morgan Fairchild's frequent topless scenes because at the time that was shocking and I remember that her boobs looked really strange, like they were beautiful but they were strange and now I know they were just 80s boob jobs but um, that's really all I remember about it. But I think it's worth a revisit. I don't. I wouldn't have known who Colleen Camp was at the time. But yeah, I think I will go look that one up because it keeps coming up on Facebook as well. And I think you are the driving force to drive that one home. So I'm going to watch that and get back to you. I just wish I knew what we could remember. Darn it. Well, we'll never know. And hey, if you out there at home, you want to be like Tom DJ and leave me a voicemail, you can do that. It's really simple. You go to the Scream Queens website, www.screamqueens.com. And of course, it's Queens with a Z. There's a little yellow tab over there in the corner. You hit the button and you've got two minutes to talk to me. I think I might extend the time, but that's not the part right now. Right now, it's two minutes. Facebook Messenger and the Instagram chats, they both have little microphones. Then you can leave me a voicemail there as well, and I'll play it on the show and answer whatever questions and, and respond to whatever weird commands you have for me. This got unusual. Okay, so final thoughts on the new kids. It struck me the last time I was watching it how not moved I was by the death of that rabbit, uh, that dog, the, the, the pit bull that they had trained. Granted, it was, it was going to do something awful to Lori Lachlan, our heroine, but there was really no other choice. It was a dog that had been raised wrong it had gotten the scent of blood and the only thing you could do at that point is put it down and i realized that's the same for all of this gang of goons these sexual predators in the movie as well they were not raised right they had gotten a scent and the only thing to do was put them down there has been this meteoric rise in violence against the lgbtq community against the jewish community against the asian community and I worry about you. And, you know, for, for the people out there thinking, oh, that can't possibly happen to me, every single person that's had that happen to them thinks it couldn't happen to me. And I'm a big fan of forewarned is forearmed and knowledge is power. And having lived through the cycles of violence before, I would say I, I would it would make me happy 
if you took a self-defense class. A lot of places are offering them for free right now because of these things that are going on. And believe me, these people are getting crafty. Like I know here in New York, there have been people lurking outside of bars to lure you into a car. You know, or they actually hit you up in the bar and wind up luring you into the car and you know, beat you up and take your money. They're doing that on the dating apps as well. Yes, there's this meteoric rise, but the thing is, these are also the kind of crimes that don't get reported. So this meteoric rise isn't nearly the number of things that are happening. And I also talk about how I have my uh, background in fight choreography. When I first started doing it, the fight choreographer was working with, he, he was going to send us out on this tour for a year. And he said, I'm going to teach you the fight choreography for the show, but I'm also going to teach you how to defend yourself because working for the same company years before he set out this tour and, you know, in the middle of the night when they were on the road, they stopped at a gas station, you know, just to buy gas and get some snacks. And three of them were shot and killed in a robbery. And he, that haunted him. And he said, I don't want this to happen to you. And if it does, I want you to be able to stop it. And that's the kind of the same way I'm feeling about all of you out there right now. I'm worried about our little queer community and my Jewish friends and my, my Asian friends as well, because it's, it's frightening. Take a look in your area, do a little Googling. I'll put some information down there in the show notes. A lot of places are offering classes for free. If you don't want to go to a class, you can look at videos online and just a few basic moves to save your life. You're not going to make it to the final reel. If you're not prepared, don't be like all those kids in all the horror movies and say, Oh, it's just a legend that can't possibly happen. You're crazy. You know what? Cause it could happen and it could be you. Don't let it be you. And if it is you, be prepared and stop those fuckers in their tracks. So February is Women in Horror Month here at Scream Queens, where we shine a spotlight on women behind the camera who are doing extraordinary work. And if you want to play at home, the two movies that we're going to be discussing, first, we're going to be discussing Sissy from 2022, a tasty little Australian morality play that's got so much more than what's there on the surface hiding underneath. And also, Uma starring Sandra Oh. Sissy's available on Shudder, and Alma is available on Netflix. I've got some extraordinary guests lined up who are really going to be able to tear into these movies, and I'm very much looking forward to it, too. Please play along with me. It makes me happy. Hey, if this is your first time at Scream Queens, I hope you enjoyed yourself. And if you enjoyed yourself, why don't you hit that follow or subscribe button that's there on whatever app you're listening to the show on right now. It's free, and you'll always get a notification every time there's a brand new episode of Scream Queens. So please do that. If you enjoyed yourself, please tell a friend. If you didn't, tell an enemy. Follow me on all the social media. They're all down there in the show notes. So I think that's it. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a more fabulously creepy place. But how do I do that, Patrick? Don't worry, I'll tell you. It's easy. Just follow the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight. Survive the night. Make it to the final reel. And from me and Secret Agent Boots, stay safe, stay healthy, and most of all, stay fabulous. All of the music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.